Well, my name is Eddie, and I'm so glad to welcome all of you here for our Christmas Eve service. I, uh, I think Christmas Eve is one of my favorite times. Um, it is, we're together, uh, there are presents. I mean, isn't that awesome? Uh, I think one of the most marvelous things that ever happened for me as a kid was that every time Christmas came around, this magical question got asked, Eddie, what do you want for Christmas? I love that. And, and I look forward to Christmas Eve all the time. Last year at Christmas Eve, my daddy died in my house. So today, I got up and went to the room where he, he, he passed. And, and I just had to think about that for a minute. And as I thought about it, Sure, the, the pain and separation is real. But what was more real to me was the fact that because we celebrate Christmas, my dad is in heaven. He has eternal life. This separation is just a momentary thing that has already been overcome come because Jesus came to earth. This is the most consequential story that is told throughout the Christmas season, that God came in the person of his son, Jesus, to save us. You know, we know the story. So Tom, sometimes we're so familiar with the Christmas story that it loses the wonder. But think about it for just a minute. God became a baby. This God came and took on a body so that he could go to a cross and he could pay for the sin of the world because that is one of his titles, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And he, he went to a cross and he died. God, who created all things, the source of all life, he himself died so, so that he could rise again the third day and he offers resurrection and eternal life to all who believe in him. That's the story. You know, one of the great ways to recapture the wonder of Christmas is to have a little one around because children live with a high degree of wonder, you know, all their life. For instance, kids are learning new things all the time. They, they learn how they learn to eat. Have you ever watched a little one taste a lemon for the first time? You probably took a video of that. The first time they, they ate chocolate, or a piece of cake, or my, one of my favorites, ice cream. It's incredible. And every little thing is so wonderful. I mean, and, and it's so it's great to have little ones around because at Christmas, they love this idea of getting a present. Um, are you hoping to get a present this year? So, what, what, yeah, love it. See, that's what I mean. And what are you hoping to get as a present? I mean, jewelry, clothes, a Nerf gun, a toy of some kind, a switch, uh, a computer, a phone. What are you hoping to get for Christmas? I heard the story of the little boy that kept pestering his mom. I'm, I'm getting good response. I love it. 
A little boy kept pestering his mom and dad. He kept telling them, I want a bike. Could you please, I want a new bike. Can you please give me a new bike? And this went on and on and on and on for the, the weeks and months leading up to Christmas. Finally, the week came. Grandma and Grandpa came. They were there. The family was assembling. And he, 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 his, his requesting intensified. And he was in the kitchen with his mom, who was preparing the food, taking care of Grandma and Grandpa and all the guests. And he kept saying to her, Mom, I, I really, really want a new bike for Christmas. Please, please, please. And she had had enough. And she said, do not talk to me about a new bike one more time. If you want a new bike, you go and ask God to get you a new bike. That little boy promptly went upstairs to his bedroom, and then she could hear him screaming at the top of his lungs, God, I want a new bike. Oh, God, will you please give me a new bike? She was even more irritated at this point. She goes upstairs, and she says, why are you screaming? God's not deaf. He says, I know, but Grandma is. So what do you want for Christmas? Okay, I'm gonna count to three. I want everyone, adults included, come on, you got something you want for Christmas, right? I want you to say what you want for Christmas. Shout it out. Here we go. Gonna be a group experience. You got it? One, two, three. I hope you get it. I hope you get it. Well, Tonight, we're going to try to recapture the wonder, and I want to go back to the story that Nancy read, and it's the story of Joseph and Mary. It's followed by the angels and the shepherds, and that's what we're going to look at. In, in Luke chapter 2, it be, begins in verse 4, it says, Joseph also went from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth to Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered, and she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Now, there's just so much to unpack there, but we're not going to do it. I just want to point out a few things. First of all, Mary and Joseph were this exceedingly ordinary couple. They were from a peasant class. He was a carpenter and a mason. I mean, he made a good living, but he did not have any extra money to buy his way into an overcrowded inn that night. And so the only place that they suggested he could stay was a shelter for where the animals were. And then... Here he is, Mary and Joseph, a young couple. She's going to deliver a baby in the place where the animals are. And he and Mary alone, likely, she delivers the baby. They wrap him in swaddling clothes and they lay him in a manger. I don't know what he felt, but I, I would think if I was the father, I would say, Man, I'm so sorry, God, I couldn't do better for you. I mean, here we are. We're, I don't know if it was a cave, a barn. It was a place where the animals were. It just doesn't seem right that the Son of God would be born in such a humble place. But here we are. You know, today babies are delivered in wonderful hospitals with 
well-lighted rooms, sterilized environment. They smell good. It's all wonderful. That wasn't where Joseph... Joseph was very likely delivering the baby, helping to... I would freak out, um, honestly. And then the three of them were there, and they were cuddling this newborn baby. And Joseph must have looked around, and he said, Mary... This is like so surreal. Nobody even knows we're here. But we are holding in our arms the baby, your son, who is God. And nobody noticed. No one knows. The story gets picked up in the next verse. Now there was in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. So we shift focus. It's, it's the shepherds out in the field. You know, these guys were ordinary men. They did what some people might call the dirty jobs. I mean, they took care of the sheep in the fields around Bethlehem. Shepherds were not well thought of. In fact, Shepherds, even though they were vital to the worship in the temple, and the temple from where these shepherds were was about six miles away, uh, they, likely, they likely nurtured, cared for, and, and provided the sacrificial lambs that were necessary in, in the temple worship. Um, you know, I, I remember when I was 16 years old, I lived with my grandparents in Iowa, and I uh, even helped my grandparents um, because when the sheep, sheep were giving birth, I would go with my grandmother uh, and we would go down to the barn and we would make sure that, they, that everything was okay and the sheep found the mom and stuff you don't want to hear about. And, uh, and, so, um, and it was so cold. I mean, this weekend felt like an Iowa winter to me, but we were in Missouri. Go figure, right? And, and I remember one of those cold nights, I said to my grandfather, Grandpa, why do you plan it so that all of these lambs are born in the middle of winter? It's so cold. It's so painful. He says, Eddie, it's because these are going to go and be sold at the Passover lamb market. Did you know that we have that here in the United States? So they have to be born now so that they're not too large when you get to Passover. They're, they need to be around 40, 50 pounds, a certain size. That's why we're doing it now in the middle of winter. The ironic thing is these men were so vital to the worship at the temple. But do you know that shepherds were so, they were so um, despised, really, that they were not allowed to worship in the temple. And the other thing is these, these shepherds, uh, they were thought so low, lowly that they were not allowed as a witness that would be admissible in a court of law. I mean, how lowly of a status was this, these shepherds? These men were outcasts. They were invisible. No one cared what they had to say. I mean, they needed shepherds. It, they were largely ignored. They were disrespected and not valued. I mean, it was kind of like, hey, guys, do your job and stay out of sight. That's what was going on there. But you know what? God has always reversed that kind of d diminishing of people. And so what does he do? He, he decides uh, he's going to, He's going to give the announcement, the birth of Jesus to this obscure, marginalized group of men in the, in the, in the fields. 
And that's what happens. That night, second thing that notice, an angel of the Lord stood before them. And the glory of the Lord, I want you to hear that again. The glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. And the angel said to them, do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people, for there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you that you will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in her manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth, goodwill toward men. Okay, so what in the world were these shepherds thinking? All of a sudden, it's like someone pulled back the curtain and there was a host. There were multitudes. I mean, multitudes is more than a hundred, I think. I mean, it... All of these angels appear in the sky. And they were like, oh my. Something has happened. You know, the truth is that the glory of God is all around us and we often don't even notice. When I think about the angels in the sky, I think about this universe, and, and we live in such an incredible day because um, we, we, get to, we get to see pictures of a vast universe and the outer space, the planets, and I just, I just want you to see one, okay? Look at these pictures here. Here is the picture of the Milky Way galaxy. We're somewhere in there. But it's so magnificent, so, so infinite. Um, we live on planet Earth, which is the third one from the sun. You can take a look at this. There we are. There we are. And, and look at all of these planets there. And when I see pictures of the universe and the planets and how they align and work together and it brings me close to maybe understanding the glory of God. You can see and not see. Did you know that? You know, you, you have a choice today. Um, you can decide to live your life with an awareness of the glory of God or not. The Bible says that this is God's world. He created the heavens and the earth. The glory of God is all around us. Every good and perfect gift comes from God. You, you know what? He gave us our lives. Uh, he, he sustains our lives every day. We enjoy the beauty of the world, the blue skies, the white clouds, uh, the beautiful white snow covering everything. It's like a brand new place we lived in for, for, for the last couple days. I mean, it's beautiful. Uh, Everything that you and I possess and every good thing is a gift of God and reflects the glory of God. Now you can choose to do one of two things. You, you, can, you can acknowledge as you look into the sky and see the stars, God did that. He created that for us. I mean, every, every time you, you eat a wonderful meal, you can thank God for his provision. Every day you wake up and your heart beats and you, 
you can breathe and I mean, you, you, the oxygen that we need that we don't even manufacture ourselves. I mean, and you can live in the wonder of the glory of God and thank him and thank him and thank him for all he's done and all he, he's gonna do. Or you can decide. Yeah. We're educated enough to know that this is just all kind of a big accident. Random things coming together and that's who we are and that's what we're doing. And, and if that's your choice, you're, you, you get to die in despair. But if you take every gift that God gives and you find the glory of God with every breath you take, with every bite that you eat, with every beat of your heart, with every step that you walk, with every conversation that you have, with every person in your life that you love, you can give thanks. And at every juncture, as you give thanks, you are secured and protected. I think one of the greatest things to help anxiety diminish is to do everything for the glory of God and thank God for everything that he does. And every day we can grow more secure and more okay and more hopeful when we realize we're not in charge, but he is. And that's why it's okay. Two very different things. You know, one thing I do love is how magnificent all the things God has done. Like, I am so looking forward to spring, especially after negative seven. And when spring springs in the Ozarks, it is so magnificent. I mean, the beautiful trees, and, and the blooms and flowers, it's amazing. And then in the summertime in the Ozarks, the green grassy fields and the green trees, and oh my goodness, it is, it is once again incredible. And then we get to the fall, and, and in the fall, all the leaves, they turn these brilliant colors, and wow, it's a flash of gorgeous colors as they begin to drop their leaves. And then we get to look where we are now when you look outside and all the trees around us look like they're dead. Like what in the world? But you wait a few weeks and God will resurrect all of nature and it starts it all over again. And with each thing we observe, we can thank God and notice the glory of God and be secured by such a good, generous God.